Hi everyone, you're listening to Oh My Travel Podcast. I'm your host, Janine Romo, aka Little Wild Explorer. And I'm here with Ale, my dear friend, <laughs> who I met in Barcelona. And we became really good friends. And you're actually in Buenos Aires, Argentina, where you've been living for, well, hello and, and welcome. And <laughs> you tell us about you. Oh, yes. As you said, I'm currently in Buenos Aires. I've been here for like five or six years now. Um, but I've been in Latin America, like more like seven years. I'm originally from North Carolina, from Raleigh. Uh, I met you and when I was living in Barcelona last year, we were still there. Um, and yeah, it's been pretty crazy so far being down here and seeing what's happening back home. Yeah, yeah. It, it's such a contrast, right? Like you are in kind of total lockdown, but we'll, we'll get to that. Um, yeah, yeah. The U.S. is, well... You know, it's all like state by state, right? Like certain areas are more strict than others. Didn't, didn't LA get their beach privileges taken away after like a brief, like three day stint or something? It was really weird. I still don't quite under, you're not, the beaches are closed in LA and it's so weird because California is such a big state. Um, but you know, there's LA County, there's Orange County, Ventura County. I mean, there's a bunch of counties, but like they all have different rules. Um, we are still allowed to kind of like go out. Like there's no one checking us or telling us like, oh no, you could only go out for these things. Um, so I'll go on rides, like just like car rides, just to get some fresh air and like, you know, to see yeah. life outside of my house. Um, because other than that, I'm really just like staying at home, not doing anything. If I have any sort of like errand to run, it's all curbside pickup. Like I'm being very, very cautious. Um, but I have gone on these, you know, car rides and um, I was going through Santa Barbara and people were like out at the beach. Like it was like nothing, no mask, nothing like, hey, oh I'm bathing. Um, you're like, oh. There's a pandemic going on. <laughs> yeah, it is a little weird. I'm like, okay, I guess it'd be one thing if people were wearing masks, because that's just been like the thing that I've been used to, you know, whenever I, you know, go outside, go like to the post office, go to the grocery store, everyone's wearing a mask. Um, and even if, you know, you're just driving in the car and you, you see someone like on a bicycle or waiting at a bus stop, they're wearing a mask, so... I don't know. It's, it's, it's weird. I imagine it's a lot different than here. I mean, isolation in the States versus isolation when like, even just you look at city landscapes, like my mom, I'm, at least I have people to look at. Cause she's like, I'm in my house in my neighborhood in suburban Raleigh. And the only people I really see is like maybe a glimpse of a neighbor outside. Because she always, when I video with her on my terrace, because I'm so lucky that I have this rooftop terrace, like I can, it's kind of interesting. Like I'm sure people can see me, but like I can see life going on and, and see people in their windows. And there's like, I don't know, like I remember when the first weekend we were in total lockdown because it's pretty strict, like you're saying out here. And there's this girl who lives, this is weird, it's like I'm talking like I know her, but she's across kind of the, the like, like a two blocks away from me, but I can see pretty clearly. She could see into my room, 
neighbors. She had like go-go lands, the uh, go-go like lights on, and I could see like she just had a vibe, and I could just see her dancing alone with her glass of wine, and I was like, "Girl, I feel you. you." You know, <laughs> it was a vibe. It was a total vibe, and I mean that was so. I mean it's crazy to think. I just I I've been posting. Have you seen a post on Facebook? I still use that medium but it's like every so often I've just been kind of checking in and giving an update because this is unprecedented times you know it's like you during the COVID pandemic you know it's it's not like it's just you know last week like you know like last year when things were just normal to like it's crazy to think about it's only been like last like, you know, I was free in February I was in Brazil you know and now look at where I am. Like I haven't even left like a five block radius. Um, so talk about that a bit. Like what are the rules? Like what are you allowed to do? What, like how far can you go? Yeah. So, you know, specifically it's basically right now you can't, you can only go outside for pharmacy and for the grocery store and to walk your dog. And at first they were pretty strict. Like I heard of people getting hassled for walk two blocks away from the house. So they was to walk. Like strictly let your dog do your business and get out. Audio kind of, cut out right before you were talking about um, dogs, legit going for dog walks. Yeah. So basically it, it was stricter when we first began all this, but now it's, it's getting looser and looser. It used to be only one person from, each household can go to do these errands or whatever you're doing that day. Um, but now they've slowly been opening, like they've expanded the list of who's considered essential. So I think that they're practicing kind of like a slow exposure, you know, cause they really want to give time to, you know, build uh, like what is it called been using um, respirators, you know? And so they're really just trying to curb the system being overloaded with sick people. Cause we, we all know it's going to happen. We're at, under I think we're like 210 deaths maybe and cases are still under 3,000 and it's a pretty big country um but yeah like so far it's pretty basic but now it's like it really depends on what neighborhood you're in so my the cops in my neighborhood have been pretty chill like I see people obviously walking their dogs you know further than a block and I've even seen a guy running and I was like I felt like I was I was like, you're running? <laughs> what a daredevil. <laughs> it's just been so, you know, like I've been basically only leaving my house once a week. Um, but, you know, it's it's getting, it's getting to me. <laughs> you know, like I, I feel like I could probably break the rules and I have a little. Um, since we, the only places we are allowed to meet up are markets. I've been having my friend who lives a couple blocks away meet me at the undisclosed grocery store. Um, I love it. <laughs> and, like shop together, you know. <laughs> I'm like, hey, like, what are you doing tomorrow? Like, do you want to go to the Carrefour? <laughs> He's like, of course. Uh, and then, like, it's you know, we barely. <laughs> it's just nice to like see someone outside. Like, I chose to live in a house with roommates um, mm -hmm. because I'm such a social person. But it is nice to just see someone outside of those two other faces that you see. Um, and it's like kind of like it's kind of it like you we have it's required to wear face masks and I hate face masks. Oh, I wear them of course because it's just like I don't like anything to my face. 
Um, but like I've gotten a bunch of cute ones. And so I go out and when we meet, it's like people kind of stare too. So we try not to be obvious. I remember one time he was like, it was the first time we had met up and I was like, oh man, I wish I could give you a hug goodbye. Cause in Argentina, everyone kisses your cheek goodbye. That's why I love yeah um yeah <laughs> and we were, we kind of like paused and then I was like not here because we were like in the middle of the store so then like we go around the block and like kind of hide behind a tree and he gives me like a polite hug and then I turned around and it was like the biggest smile on my face and like the equivalent of birds started chirping and I like you know <laughs> skipped away it was a beautiful fall day in Buenos Aires and I was like if that's what it a hug did to me like how is this going to work after all of this <laughs> you know right I know it's it's insane that I and mean, that's it's cool hearing like these stories about like dating or like you know meeting people or like getting to know someone during these times because I mean this is not at all what we're used to right like I mean I was single not <laughs> long ago and I mean the dating scene could be very rough. It could be very horrible. And mm -hmm. now it's like, hey, like, you know, people are, you know, they have to getting engage more. more and try more. And it's about conversation and getting to know someone. It's, I mean, we can't even. Yeah. And <laughs> IRL for real, like the people there, you definitely like I'm building relationships with people, you know, that I haven't talked to in forever. Um, and here, like, it's been really nice. Like you have your, what I'm going to call like your COVID, you know, conversationalist. And like, I have a couple people that I've been talking to and we'll talk for hours and it's just like, would we be doing this normally? I don't know, but it's real nice to do it now, you know? And yeah. it kind of reminds me when you're like in middle school and you're wrecking up your like cell phone bill of talking to that guy like, yeah, the middle <laughs> or something. Um, but the dating scene per se, so like I, of course, still have Bumble on my phone, I'm single, and I, I haven't been opening it, I have rarely use it in general, but you know, sometimes I'm like, I'm bored, let me open it up, and you, I'm like, maybe I'll find someone nice to talk to, and like, I'm sure, you know, I'm like, I get on, like, within 10 minutes, you have someone talk to you, and then it's literally this one guy just went straight. He was like, hello. I'm like, hello. And then he's like, so how is this? Uh, how are you feeling during this quarantine? Are you horny? So listen, I'm only here for um, uh, like sexting and, and you know, like sexy talk. So uh, really nothing else is going to do for me. <laughs> I was like, wow. <laughs> Isn't there a, a number for that? <laughs> Yeah, and, and this is all in Spanish too. So like, it's all in this like. There's like they call Argentines chambucheros, you know, which is like their version of Casanovas. Oh and like, yeah, they know how to talk. And honestly, the guy was just like, "Listen, I'm just here. You know, I'm gonna be honest. I just want this. Can you do that? If not, all good." And I thought for a second, I was like, I could be a huge bitch here, or like I can just be. I was just kind of like, "Listen, it's not what I'm looking for." So you know, I don't think this can this will be anything but you know good luck suerte con todo like no like no no uh ill will at all bro I get it um but then like it just kind of kept happening like I would match and then someone would be like oh you really will and then it'd be like here's a dick pic and I'm like oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> I can't the fact that it keeps happening I don't know maybe we need to change my profile or something but I, it didn't happen before COVID I think people were just trying to like meet up in real life and bang you you know but it's like they can't get it in real life, so they're gonna like get this weird. It's like cybering is back, you know, from like our AOL days. 
So I was just, I, I think I, I took a break now. We'll see what happens when I check it in a month and see where people are at. Right. Oh my God. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. you have your, I don't know, what, what do you call him? Your, your grocery store boo. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? We fell in love over the queso crema, you know? <laughs> queso crema? What is that? Oh, yeah. So here, Argentina has so many different kinds of cheeses, but they all taste the same to me. Like, they'll be like, so queso crema is, it's not oh, like. queso crema. I thought you said yeah. kiss of crema. I was like, like kiss of, like what, what kind of kiss is that? Kiss no, no, that's way different. That's a different podcast. <laughs> no, no, no. The queso crema here is a bit different though, because it's not even cream cheese that you're thinking of. It's like this in between hard cheese and cream cheese cheese. Like, um, but it's very, they put it in like their tartas, which are little like uh, salty, like, you know, the empanadas that they do here and. Uh, it's very Argentine, I guess. Oh, I love it. Um, I wanted to ask you about public transportation. Is that still running? Is there like... Yeah. So I haven't taken public transportation in a while, like even before COVID, just because like taxis are so cheap here. Um, and I I had to ride the soup, that, what they call the subway system is the soup that's here for a very long time when I was first starting out my career. And it's literal hell. It's like they open up and there's a million people on there and you just have to squeeze in because every other, it's just like any other big city. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've heard that they're not obviously like they're running less cars, but there's still a lot of people who are considered essential workers that have to go take the subway to, to work. Um, so it seems like it's required 100% that you have to wear a mask when you're on there. And I think like there are, there's like, they're attempting to have social distancing on those trains, but what I've heard is like, people are definitely still getting unpacked trains. Um, especially in the neighborhoods that are like further away. Like there's a lot of people have to commute into the center of the city for work. Um, but since it is a lot of essential workers, like I have no idea how it's working now. Um, but the other thing, too, is to be able to get in and out of the city, because a lot of people live, you know, outside of the city and commute in, it's, like, super hard. Like, they have a million checks. You have to have all the per- the, the permissions, basically. Like, you have to go online, state your case, and they'll grant you permission. They'll, you print out this thing, and then you could show it to the cops. But it's definitely, you know, hard to, like, I wouldn't want to take public transportation now. Buses that I see running, you know, they're, they're never, they used to be super full, like completely packed. And now like when they pass by, I see like a couple people on, which is pretty crazy. Mm-hmm. But I don't, I don't, before this, I didn't take, I didn't, I couldn't handle it. It was like, I did my time with the public transportation system. You're done. <laughs> yeah. Could you still get a taxi now um, during these times? Yeah. Okay. Yep. But it's not, the reason why they, they are able to kind of like, I was surprised the first weekend, like, cause the first weekend we had locked on, you know, I could see taxis and I was like, what? But it's because there's essential workers out there. So, you know, I, I'm pretty, all of the, what I find fascinating is like, we have two del, uh, bike delivery services called Glovo and Rappi. And there are these apps and basically like they do all the food delivery and then you can like send a courier. It's really easy, super cheap. And uh, but they're, they've been out there like biking away and it's almost like you see more, you know, bike messengers than you do like taxis, which is crazy. Um, and that's like kind of dramatic too, because it's like, you know, 
they're exposing themselves to so many people. They get paid little money. Most of them are like immigrants from Venezuela. So like, of course they're doing this because they need the money and it's like kind of a scandal, you know, in terms of like, you know, they should be paid hazard pay and all this stuff, just like in any country. It's, you know, but I will say Argentina has been handling this so well. Like, you know, they cut out before they started making the more drastic measures, like strict lockdown. They were preventing people, you know, anyone coming from the U.S. and Italy or Europe had to do a, a mandatory quarantine. So everyone else in Buenos Aires could be, you know, normal. But if they were like basically saying, if you just came back from a country with COVID, like you need to stay inside your house and not go outside. And if you do, you can get fined or whatever. And then that switched to finally just being like, no one from Europe can enter the country, no one from China, no one from the U.S. And then that kind of escalated from no flights. And then we were all of a sudden in complete lockdown. And that's where we've been ever since. What day um, are you on of and, lockdown? I, excuse me? Sorry. Uh, what day are you on of lockdown? 46. 46. And technically, it might be a little bit longer because we, we went into a lot. Like my boss allowed us to, like basically a week before they made it mandatory, um, he allowed us to basically work from home and not have to come into the office anymore, which was super nice. And I thought that was like really forward thinking of him, but essentially, I overall, I've been, you know, my boss is pretty kind of forward with that, but Argentina has been as well. Like they, they do not want to overload the system. So they did measures March 20th was the official like strip lockdown. And then they were enforcing it and they're even like as tourists, you know, people were kind of getting hassled because in the beginning before things were legally like locked down hard, like no one leaves their houses. People were very afraid of the foreigners here because a lot of people were showing up and there, there was a recommended 14 day quarantine for people arriving into the country, but like backpackers going to hostels, they've been, or like, you know, just coming from Peru or just coming from Chile, like not really paying attention to the news weren't abiding by that so then there became this fear and I've heard I heard a bunch of crazy stories like this one girl she's been living here for a long time and she moved into her Airbnb and the building reported her to the cops um and then she you know they went there and she had to show her passport to be like listen I've been here for two months like I haven't left so I'm good I don't have to do this 14-day quarantine um so that's kind of like one of those weird like they people definitely became afraid of tourists or just foreigners i mean rightfully so i mean it, it, when you compare when you look at the numbers of italy spain uh of the u.s and you see here it's like it's incomparable right right and you had mentioned um that argentina has the least amount of cases in in south america was that right? Yeah, so Brazil, basically Brazil and Chile, this also plays into politics as well, um, but they, like, Brazil and Chile, like, they just, they weren't locking anything down in February, March. Like, they weren't even thinking about it. They're like, we're not going to do that. But they're both run by neoliberal pro-capitalist, you know, presidents. Bolsonaro, and I actually uh, don't remember the Chilean president, which is terrible. <laughs> <laughs> Like a couple, if you would have said this last, if this would have happened last year and President Macri uh, was here in Argentina, he was also like pro-capitalist. Like we would have still, we would have just gotten into lockdown maybe a week ago. I think Brazil was finally forced to. You wow. look at the numbers of Chile and Brazil, like they were not enforcing anything. People were just kind of living their life, even when it was like obvious that it was coming to South America. 
Um, and so they have pretty high cases. Ecuador, Colombia was actually one of the last countries to to hold on to like like freedom of movement. And they were actually taking in a lot of the people trying to escape South America. So a lot of people were having to fly from Bogota back to Europe or back to wherever they were going. Um, but Argentina was the first to kind of go on lockdown. And I think a lot of that has to do with the, the president here. It's, he's not a pro-capitalist. I mean, you want to say whatever about him? All I'm saying is he probably like didn't care if people were going to lose a bunch of money because they were closing down the economy. He was like people first, which was refreshing, <laughs> you know, um, especially coming from the States. But I've been really impressed just like in how much everyone's actually kind of following the reglas more or less. It's not like people are violating it and like maybe they are taking a walks every day. But, you know, that's what most other places in the world are doing as well. And we don't have a high occurrence of cases. It's like under 3,000 and under like 250 deaths. Like it's like we're it's pretty good. Granted, it was summer going into winter and winter will hit. You know, I think the peak is expected in June, July, August. So that will be the true test of what's going on here. Um, but what I'm also really impressed with is, I mean, A, they have free healthcare here. Um, but they have different levels. So they have free healthcare, then they have like what they call prepagas. So like, you know, healthcare that you can pay for, it honestly isn't that much. And it's like, you get better quality doctors, more availability, things like that. But the point of the matter is, if you need healthcare, you will get it, no matter your circumstance, which is also a good thing about living here so different from here Um, (laughs) yeah well what's crazy is even if you're not from argentina you were able to access the free health care which is why a lot of argentines get mad but they're basically in the constitution here doesn't matter if you arrived here yesterday if you need a doctor and you don't have money you can go to the public hospital will it be the nicest hospital you ever go to no (laughs) like i've had my bout with i've gone to like free hospitals and they're scary but they have saved lives of, of tourists who come here with no health insurance, who get, you know, whatever happens to them. And it's, it's pretty incredible. And you can see that with the response to COVID. Like, if you need to get tested, all you do is call 147 and they come to your house and they do the test on the spot and then they leave. So everyone is getting tested. And, and so it's like you can trust the numbers coming out of here, you know, as long as they're publishing them. But at least the country actually knows what the situation is. And I think that is key. And if you do get, so no one's afraid to get tested. No one's like, you know, everyone's not going to bankrupt them. And then if you need treatment, you know, it's there for you. And actually, if any of the essential workers get COVID, the state will pay for everything for them as well. Um, So it's like, it's a completely different scenario here. And I've never been so proud to be part of this society. I mean, Argentine's well, if there's any listening, we'll probably just be like, this girl, what? But I, I've, I've lived in both worlds and America has its its benefits and Europe has its benefits. But for all its the bad things here, I have to say healthcare is one of the things they get right. And it's so important. I mean, that's something that I wish we had here in, in the States. And, you know, it's horrible that like, you know, during these times, this is, you know, free healthcare would really be helpful and maybe things would be different, but um, that's awesome that, you know, Argentina's like that and awesome. You could get free tests. Like I, I just, I don't get how there are certain countries that still like can't do that for people, but you guys got it. So 
that's and a good plus. My decision to stay here too, like I was like, oh, Argentina can totally handle this. You know, I, in terms of, I was like, the healthcare is on point. Like, this will be a good thing. But what I didn't realize is that what is the risk is like the nuclear bomb that's going to be the economy. I mean, they're all, at least they're prepared for it. You know, they know how to handle an economic collapse more so than most countries in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, everything's closed down. So, you know, we're, this, we're one month or we're, we're like a little over a month into this. The economy was already weak as it was. So it's going to be very interesting to see what happens. Um, and we can have, I could get into the economy. You become like an amateur economist living here and I can get into how the rates work, but you know, if it's not, I'm I'm, the least thing I'm concerned about is COVID the economy. Now that could be a problem. Um, you know, I think a lot of people every year they're like, Oh, the economy is going to crash and it's going to be 2001 again. And 2001, there was like looting. I don't know. I've lived here in Buenos Aires since 2014 and I've seen the city change so much partially probably due to the president that was in place. I'm not for either the, the past president or the current one. And, you know, I'm not really like, I live here, but it's not, not my country at the end of the day. Um, but it's going to be very interesting to see what happens because basically if once the, the peso devalues and crashes, it's going to be, I mean, it could either just be another day and people suffer or like, it could be really bad. <laughs> right. um, but we'll see. I made my choice. I'm here, you know? A yeah. lot of other expats have stayed as well. I'm sorry, what was the last part? A lot of expats have chosen to stay as well. So, Which like says a lot. Of, exactly. And, like, these are smart people. They live different places. And they're like, I think it can, we can temper the storm here. Especially, I think, because the COVID is so solid. Exactly. Big issue. Um, and was like, you know, there's, there's a outbreak in Paraguay, which is like Paraguay borders the north of Argentina, and mm-hmm. now it's obviously made its way further south. Um, Argentina is basically a, or excuse me, Buenos Aires is a swamp, um, the city on the swamp, and so like I've been seeing a lot of mosquitoes, and I've been hearing about people in the city getting dengue, which is n- not the nor- the nor- usual case. Um, so it's like. COVID, dengue, economic collapse. But then you look at the states and it's like, like it's a whole other boatload of problems. And like no country is perfect, you know? Right. No, you're, you're absolutely right. Dengue, that's, I would not have even thought like that would be a problem there. Yeah, because it, it's quite cold and it's not even with global climate, like climate change. It's not that cold in the South, but Buenos Aires is like a tropical climate. It's very similar. The, to North Carolina, where I'm from. So it's like, it gets very hot and humid in summer. Actually, less hot and less humid than North Carolina. Just so that says a lot about North Carolina. Um, and it gets cold in the winter, but never below freezing. So it's a perfect kind of, like, the mosquitoes never really go away. Um, I live I have a bunch of trees and plants in here. It's but I was sitting outside during sunset and it's like mosquito feeding time. And I, at one point I looked and there was like five mosquitoes circling and I was like, oh, hell no, I'm going inside. Like, <laughs> and yeah. like, you, if you get dengue the second time you die. <laughs> like, what? So I don't know, like, yeah, yeah, like dengue. You can get dengue the first time and it sucks and it feels like the flu and like whatever. 
But if you get it a second time, like, you die. There's not an immunity. You just, like, ciao. Holy <laughs> shit. <laughs> okay. Yeah. No idea. And it's normally a problem in, like, the more remote places, less developed. So it's just crazy that it's gotten to the city. Because um, dengue has always been an issue, you know, in Latin America. But it's, I mean, it, the, uh, other countries are suffering as well, especially, the, you know, the Central America and Colombia, Panama. Like, it's really, it's really bad right now. Oh, wow. I, I had no idea. Like, I knew it was a problem in, like, some parts of Southeast Asia. But I guess I just didn't know exactly, like, where and, like, Anywhere why. tropical. Yeah. Um, I mean, when I was living in Costa Rica, I got chinkanuya, which is kind of in the same family, and they call it breakbone fever. Like, you feel like, well, basically, that's a long story, but I was in the Caribbean coast of Costa Rica. Like, I was down there, you know, having a great time. Needless to say, I got locked out of my hospital in a hammock. Woke up with, like, 70 mosquito bites and was just like, ha-ha, this is hilarious. Two weeks later, I like, I was, I was like, I don't feel good. Like, what's wrong with me? And it's like, it was like all the symptoms of Chukanuya. And that was like a big thing going on there. It's like, you kind of feel like you have a cold, your body hurts. Um, you're kind of like delirious. And I was like, I'm pretty sure. Because dengue, you get like, kind of like an actual physical cold. And like, like a lot of other symptoms. So I was like, I'm pretty sure this is Chukanuya. Because you, you just feel like, it's like basically like having arthritis. Like all your bones hurt, all of your, they call it quebrahueso. But that says anything, but so I would not wish dengue or anything like that on anyone. Uh, and hopefully I don't get it here. Uh, I'm just banking on like all the mosquitoes I'm seeing. I kill any, any of the mosquitoes I see, I kill, but just, I'm always like, are you, is that, cause there's this particular type of mosquito that has dengue they look pretty gnarly. So it's like, you have like the normal mosquitoes and there's like these big bad boys. And I just, I try to like discriminately kill all of them. <laughs> Hey, you gotta do what you gotta do, right? You just have to protect yourself. I'm sure I look crazy, you know what I mean? Because I'm just like, like I said, people can see into my room. Well, it's because like, so I have, I live on the top of this building and so like there's a rooftop and then there's another stairwell and it's just my little casita that's my room and my area and I have this terrace and there's a bunch of buildings that are taller that kind of, it's like a valley because I live right next to a a convent or it was a convent and now it's a Catholic school. So it's a very low building. It's like, you know, very historical. So it's really nice. Cause that means I have this, this huge, like basically it takes up a block. So I have this beautiful view. It's not impeded by big buildings, but there are big buildings on the other side and everyone can see in. Um, and I'm sure they see me like going crazy. Like, cause they, Oh, at night they come into my room. I don't know how. And I just like start like last night I killed five and I was like, I can't live with this. I'm <laughs> like, <laughs> You know, what thing. Um, but what can you do? It's like it's all yeah. up and you know, it's all to chance at the end of the day. Well, I'm glad you've um been healthy, been staying healthy, been you know, doing your thing in lockdown, and I'm sure it's driving you nuts as someone who loves to travel and yeah. yeah. It's upsetting. You know, my life is travel. I work in travel. Um, most of my life is like revolves around it. And it's sad that, you know, we can't discover anymore. You know, you're just kind of like, I've been discovering myself, you know, it's like, you don't, you can't go outside. So you got to figure out 
what you like and what you want to develop and the skills you want to learn. But at the end of the day, it's like my entire life was selling travel, talking about travel, going to travel shows. You know, I met you when I was on this huge project with my company, learning about our Mediterranean, you know, offerings that we do. Um, And then next thing you know, it's just like, poof, gone. And, you know, everyone wants me to predict the future. Uh, <laughs> what what are your predictions? I want to hear. So there, there's a few things. I mean, in the industry, what we do know is first there'll be business travel that'll be allowed to happen. So, you know, corporate travel will happen. Then traveling within the country you're living in will happen. So domestic, then maybe sub-regional. So like you can go to Canada or Mexico if you're in the States or maybe in Argentina, we border Uruguay and Chile. And then perhaps even a bigger region, like I can travel all over South America, Europe can travel all over Europe, et cetera. And then freedom of movement, no matter where we are. And then there'll be like this slow stage of social distancing. So like travel will be a bit different. You're not going to be getting packed into a church. You know, they're probably going to be make the numbers a lot lower, make sure people are maintaining their distance. And after that, who knows what it turns into. And it's, it's going to affect, like, there's going to be a new, it's not going to go back to what it was. It never will. It'll be a new normal. And perhaps it'll be better. You know, like, I hate mass tourism. I hate when cruises dump into this teeny little medieval village and a thousand people get off a boat, don't spend any money, and then leave. Um, you know, like, I was in Venice last, two summers ago. It's my dream trip, you know, ever since I was a little girl, I wanted to go to Venice and it's a Disneyland. It's like this beautiful historic Disneyland and Airbnb has completely decimated, you know, the life that locals can live and it's, it exists for tourists and it's beautiful and I never complain, but it was also kind of sad, you know, and maybe with all this craziness with COVID travel will change, slow travel will develop where you know, like I said, because of the stages of what will be allowed, people will first start to maybe, you know, Americans will start exploring the U.S. more. Um, and then from, you know, maybe you take train travel, instead you drive, you know, road trips. And from there in Europe, which the one thing we don't have here is an amazing train system. But you're, I mean, even before COVID, what was being dubbed as slow travel was really taking off, especially for environmentally conscious people. It was about avoiding airplanes and taking trains. And and I think there was even a program where companies would give you extra time off if you were agreeing to only travel by train. So I think that will definitely pop off, um, especially now. Private travel. I mean, I work in the luxury industry and we work like ultra luxe. So we, we already know that once this gets figured out, you know, the wealthy of the world are going to want to, everyone's waiting for that trip after COVID and what's going to happen for at least the industry I work in, it's going to be up private charters, remote lodges in the middle of nowhere. It's going to be the opposite of mass, um, which could benefit some of the highlights, you know, I, I will never forget. I mean, the Sagrada Familia was one of the most amazing churches I've ever seen in my life. I was with you. I was like tearing up like an idiot, but it was just sad to see like how many people were packed into this building. Yeah. And it's great that people can see it. Like, you know, like the people can experience it and there's no, there's so much limited, like the boundaries that prevented people from traveling years ago. Now this. Um, but it's still sad when like some, there's something so beautiful about just being able to 
you know, enjoy it without having to like deal with a million, you know, selfie sticks. Not that there's an issue with that either, but for me, it is personally. Um, and so it's, it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. Now, when you want to talk about predictions with dates, I mean, we're lucky if we see something in December. Like currently in Argentina has prevented any new uh, airline sales uh, it, until September because a lot of airlines are selling tickets for after the official quarantine dates that end. Like here it's right now officially May 10th that these mm. rules will end. But we know they've been doing is about three days prior to the expiration date, they renew for another two weeks. What airlines are doing are yeah selling tickets for May 31st and then knowing that, that that's not going to happen and they're not giving refunds, they're giving credits and it's taking forever for people to get credits. Um, so Argentina was pretty cool in the sense that they were like, no more, you can't sell tickets to in and out of here and especially internally inside the country. Um, so no domestic flights. So Argentina is predicting September. So I'm thinking maybe by December, there'll be some form of travel. Okay. okay. Going on. This is being super positive. Like, right. Like people won't yeah. travel until there's a vaccine, hope of a vaccine or some sort of great treatment. You right. know, like if like you get it, and you can be treated. Like I don't realize that. Yeah, I mean that's being really front. Like that's being really positive. Like if say like nothing comes up, like there's no medical advances, maybe by March 2021. You know, and definitely by summer. But we're 2020 is canceled. Like yeah, it's done. <laughs> like I have some clients who rebooked for for September 2020. May, I mean, Europe is being super hopeful right now. Like they're talking about opening up, like we saw Japan open up, but you know, it's still that risk of the second wave. I'm not an epidemiologist. I'm not a scientist, but I've been tapped into this since January, you know, partially because my dad lived in China the last 20 years. He just moved to the States in November, 2019. So it's like he left cause he wanted to go home, but I feel like he missed like a bombshell essentially. Um, but also cause I work in travel. And so we were like, you know, in January when it was really affecting Asia, we had an uptick in sales of people canceling their trips in Asia and rescheduling for Latin America thinking it'll be okay. Uh, and like February was record breaking for us. And now it's completely kaput, <laughs> no new sales, but a lot, a lot of people are rescheduling for summer 2021 and then we're what we're doing is is fighting for vouchers you know and, and just getting working on behalf of our client to get hotels and everything else because we do these crazy over the top you know ultra lux experiences we have so much so much staff involved and what we're trying to do is the people we work with trying to get it to extend it to end of 2022 because some people maybe they can't travel next year or maybe they they're you know physically they don't want to take that risk because of whatever is going on in their lives and they want to wait 2022 will be clear we'll be good it's going to be very interesting like the president of the u.s is saying 18 months um but it's sad but i'm hopeful and you know i think if we can all follow these, you know, all countries can maintain and, and, and keep the curve down. Well, science is developing already. And, and I think Oxford is having some trials with vaccines and treatments are being, you know, debated and maybe we'll have something soon. Uh, I would say for some reason, I'm feeling better than I was two weeks ago, as opposed to getting worse and worse. Like I, I think humans are creative and we all want to like travel. We want to get back to our normal lives. 
So it's going to be interesting to see. Maybe I'm completely wrong. You know, like maybe the, the spaceships land next month. (laughs) (laughs) I love the message of hope that you're sending is, um, it's great. Like, this is awesome. And I love hearing this. Like you, you are so like in the whole travel world, even more so than I am because like, that's, that's your job. You do all this like every day. So it is really exciting. You, you know, saying these things and just kind of giving it to us real, like, yeah. Um, summer is gone. It's not going to happen. Yeah. It's not happening. Don't try to make it happen. It's not fetch, you know, like it ain't happening. And if it does, like, it's not going to be good. Um, like even Japan, like I was kind of saying earlier is they were already, they, they freed up, they, you know, they did everything right and they had a resurgence. So it's like, you know, be patient. Think about, I don't want this. If a lot of people are like, oh, well, you know, it's just old people. And I'm like, no, I don't even want this normally. Like, I just don't want this. Like, and I don't, like, I don't want the flu. I don't want COVID. Like, I want, I need my lungs intact. Like, I don't want to get my body. Like, I need to be A plus. So when I do start traveling, you know, I can do it again. And that's all. (laughs) That's all I can hope for. (laughs) Well, we're going to have to have you back on. I don't know, soon. We'll we'll get some sort of update and figure out what's going on. And yeah, we'd love to have you back on. Thanks for having me. I I mean, I love catching up with you. It just sounds like we're having a normal catch up that we do. Um, And I hoped, I was hoping to go to California this year. That was my, actually one of my goals. I wanted to do a trip all up the West Coast for my friends in LA all the way to Seattle and Portland and maybe even Vancouver, but <laughs> maybe but it is what it is. <laughs> you know what? We're going to meet up, whether it's me going over there, you coming here or us meeting somewhere amazing, but it's going to happen. And when it happens, it'll, it'll be glorious. <laughs> Brazil, baby. That's still on the table. Yes. Awesome. Um, where can we find you? Give us your Instagram. Yeah, it's Miss Alice Malice, and you'll spell it out for them when yes. you can. Um, um, but you can I've, I've, I've been trying to post a lot about my pictures from my past travels, you know, when I'm traveling for work and personal, but otherwise it's just me. I love it. Thank you so much again. And yeah, we'll, we'll chat next time. Thanks, babe. Bye. Bye.